0: Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. We are coming to you in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Each of us is recording at home. In our current format, we're discussing industry news, and hopefully we're exposing you to something new as we share our film and series recommendations. And we'll be previewing our new weekly film series, Film Under Quarantine or Fuck. This is Erica Berlin, Executive Director of the Film Society.
1: I'm John Lyons, Filmmaker, Teaching Artist, and Director of Programming.
2: I'm Jesse Olszewski, Filmmaker and Project Coordinator at the Greater Erie Film Office.
3: And I'm Mike Berlin, Erica Berlin's husband.
2: This week we're going to talk about Film Under Quarantine. This week is Slay the Dragon. We want to get your thoughts on our Film Grain Dinner in a Movie series. We're going to share some industry news and we'll chime in on a ghost story available on Netflix and the first three episodes of What We Do in the Shadows on Hulu. How is everyone doing? Amazing. Amazing.
0: You know, we're fine. I think everyone's kind of finding their rhythm of what to do while you're home, what your life is like. No cabin fever. Eh, I think with the weather improving, it helps to like see sun and maybe walk outside once in a while.
2: The rhythm's going to
3: get you.
0: <laughs> it will.
3: I was not expecting that reference.
0: <laughs> so since we are. We were just talking about our, um, our drinking habits and how long it's been since some of us have uh, drank. Mike and I are still drinking regularly. And um, right now, if you're in Pennsylvania, you know that getting alcohol, getting spirits is very difficult because you can order online, you can, and now you could call in advance and go pick it up. Apparently there's like 40 slots a day that you have, ac- you know, it's very difficult. Are you to about to give it,
3: are you about alcohol. to give the pro tip?
0: Yes, I'm giving the pro tip, but there's a point behind it.
3: Oh. I'm giving the
0: pro tip that we have local distilleries that you can shop at. I don't know if people realize that you can go to Altered State, you can go to Luminary and buy spirits that are brewed right here. And, um, one of them is called altered state. I mentioned that, um, they said they had a gin available, which I've been, I've been looking for because I do love gin. They had a gin available. So I went down on Saturday. It was a beautiful day. I got in line to get my bottle of gin, which they was a small batch. that was going to run out. So I was there and everybody was in line appropriately social distanced apart from each other but the girl behind me was not wearing a mask. Everybody was wearing a mask, except for this one chick. And every time I see somebody where there's a sea of people in masks and then one person without, I'm like, who do you think you are?
2: Describe her. Really? you glare at them?
0: (laughs) She-
2: Describe her.
0: She looked like she was maybe late 20s, early 30s, like somebody I would have been friends with. Who is this person? Get your frigging mask on. We all are doing this together. We're in this together. So this girl didn't have a mask on, whatever. They have a walk up window, so this is all outdoors. So I get up to the window and the guy who's just waiting on the people in front of me has a mask on. But he walks away as soon as I go up and this other guy comes up, he has no mask on. Son so of a biscuit. waiting on me with no mask. And I'm thinking, this is fine. He hands me my bottle. It's fine, you get home, you kind of let it sit. You don't put your hands all over it. You better rub and that then bottle I on alcohol. That's right. And then I put, you know, my sure, credit card is the machine. I the alcohol
3: out and rub it on the bottle. <laughs>
0: That's, right. That's right. I sanitized with the alcohol. It was not cheap, but, you know, it's local. You're supporting a local business. And then I went to go can pay. I, can I say something real quick? Yes.
3: It's actually a great bottle of gin, too. Right. It's it a is. Deli- <laughs> it's a delicious gin. Are you enjoying that right now, Erica? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's a very good bottle. Oh, clink clink that by the microphone.
3: Love that. Big ups to altered state. Really good job. Yes,
0: shout out to altered state. It's delicious, but I was a little a little peeved because when I went to to pay again, they just had a single like whatever they call it, like tray for the receipt and a single pen. So every single person that went up there is using the same pen. And the reason I point this out is because after that, I went to Erie Aleworks to fill up my growler to get beer.
1: (laughs) You have priorities.
0: And I go in there and these guys, Jeff and Steve, they both have their masks on. Okay. When I go in, they are standing at least six feet apart from each other. When one of them goes to to the tap the other one walks to the other end of the bar, like they've got it down. Anyway, on the counter, they've got two cups and one says clean and one says dirty. And they've got pens that you move from one to the other. So you take the clean one when you sign and you put it in the dirty when you leave and they are sanitizing the pens. And I found that to be an exceptional, exceptional action to be taken.
1: Put it in the dirty, so guys. Safer.
0: Put it in the dirty. You gotta put it in the dirty. So I, I don't know. I mean, right now in Erie, it's very interesting the way people are handling this, but I think businesses are figuring out now what they're going to have to do in order to keep people safe. If they ever want to open again, there's going to be changes that have to be made and um, it's not going to feel natural for us. I was going to mention this later, but, you know, it seems like the right time to kind of bring it up now, but we wanted to give an update on Film Grain because, you um, it's been a while. It's been since March. We've had an amazing It's been two spring months season. exactly. Two months exactly.
2: I'm feeling it.
0: Well, yeah, I think we're all feeling it. Like we miss it. We miss being there and seeing each other and seeing all of you, all of the, the Film Grain fans, um, the regulars and the new people. It's been a really successful spring for us as well. You know, I think if you've come, you've seen that we've had a really great audience. Almost every week we've we've had a packed audience. And I think that's you know a testament to we have done a really good job in promoting it. You know, more people know about it by now. But it's also because of the the movies that we're picking. I mean, John creates a really great season, and um, we've figured out kind of the sweet spot. It's wonderful. We love the program. It's so it hurts to not be there, to not and be And we to love do it. our
1: partners at the Bourbon Barrel. Great we venue, do. so accommodating.
0: And um, our
2: regulars.
1: Yeah, they're always improving. Our regulars are great. Yeah, I miss it's, I miss everybody.
0: Yeah. I miss everybody too. So, at first, you know, early on when we delayed everything, we didn't really know what the future was going to hold. So, we pushed everything till May 1st. Well, clearly that is not going to happen. Um, The Bourbon Barrel is first and foremost, a a bar slash restaurant. So they're gonna follow those rules. Um, It's also in our case, a movie theater. So I I don't, we're not really sure which one it's gonna fall under, but it is dinner. So it'll be considered a restaurant, I think. And we don't know what that's gonna look like because I've heard, you know, our County executives say, Universal masking is here to stay, okay? So if we all need to wear masks, fine. We're gonna get used to it. If we have to continue social distancing, okay? So maybe we move tables apart from each other. We have rules that say you can't sit with strangers, which reduces the amount of people that can come and be in person with us, which really is a huge bummer, you know? It means we'll sell out more often, but, I mean, is there going to be a, a regulation against gatherings more than 25 people? Well, then that really cuts it down. We're not really going to be able to do buffets anymore because that's unsafe. We There's a lot we don't know. And and I just wanted to give an update to let everybody know that we, we're going to do everything we can to get the program back, but it's going to look different.
3: Guys, just open up a drive-in movie theater.
0: We talked about that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's really? some interesting... Yeah, yeah
3: that's some have interesting ideas. Oh, okay. about that.
0: I was being
2: facetious, but yeah. We just need a giant plot of land.
0: I still think, you know, the Mill Creek Mall has huge empty parking lots and big white walls. Or the and water silent.
1: <laughs> I mean, Erica, I'd like to... Maybe we can poll on Facebook um, and mention this in our newsletter and stuff, Um I was researching like how film festivals are doing this and how they're looking at coming back. And, and basically they're placing people into four different categories right now, as far as the return. Um, there's the absolutists who believe that there should, shouldn't be any real world gatherings until there is a vaccine, which I don't know if you guys saw when Bill Gates was on, uh, maybe it was Stephen Colbert or something last week. And he said, yeah, like 18 months is best case scenario, (laughs) if everything goes perfect. Um, So just keep that in mind. Conservatives, imagine a very gradual reintroduction. No big film festivals this year at all. Maybe some drive-ins and outdoor screens with pre-marked blanket areas six feet apart, for example. um, With directors and actors maybe zooming in. Festival culture not really coming back until early 2021. And then there's optimists uh, who see a rapid evolution of society into risk takers and the risk adverse to see festivals geared chiefly to risk takers. There would be no microphone lineups, um, socially distanced furniture, people people kind of, I I don't know, an in-between... Kind of risky way, and then there's no, the it sounds radicals. Sounds like we might
0: be we might be optimists.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and then the radicals who will try and mimic pre-COVID nineteen, which is probably just insane uh, at this point, unless maybe you live yeah. in a southern state that's in denial.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an interesting discussion moving forward because, like, it is going to be the classic uh, economy versus the you know versus the greater concern in health because at the end of the day you have this isn't just hitting independent filmmakers and stuff like that amc is on the dire dire threat of possibly having to declare bankruptcy and amc is a massive chain as we all know and um it's we're really starting to get to the point where we're gonna have to you know we're gonna see this is people's jobs and livelihood and everything like that and nobody has an answer for it right
1: that's the thing too is you know if if you're even in like one of these southern states and you reopen is anybody gonna show up you know you can you can exactly. be open all you want but if there's two people coming into you know a thousand seat venue <laughs> you know it's like
0: right i mean your cost to operate is going to exceed your revenue and then the economy really sucks for you because then you're paying yeah for for to be open when no one wants to be there I don't know. I think it's a good idea to poll the audience and see where people fall. Maybe it's the people I'm friends with on Facebook, but I have a lot of friends on Facebook. The vibe I get is that people are not ready. They're like, I don't think we're ready to go back. They don't feel comfortable. They don't feel safe. Stay until you follow that guideline. To me, if Anthony Fauci says it, if he helped come up with, this guideline that you have to have a decrease after over 14 days, you know, you have to show a decline, show that like in Erie County, let's show that, but we still get cases every day. We're just starting to get deaths. Like I, I, I'm not with it. And I think the people in Georgia are absolutely crazy. I mean, Mike's, Mike's parents live in Georgia and they're I not leaving off, the house. I
3: just got off the phone, off the phone with them. Uh, they're in Savannah and Savannah, the mayor of Savannah, Uh, has taken a pretty hard stance against uh, Governor Kemp, and uh, Savannah, for the most part, is still, minus a few nail salons and stuff like that, still actually generally staying closed.
0: Seriously? Nail salons? I will tell you, as a woman that is not that way, really? Do your nails at home. That's how we all grew up. You don't need gel nails.
3: Time out. what if you are it's not so simple what if you're the owner of that nail salon you'd be almost foolish to not open at this point this is people's livelihoods Now, granted there is certainly the scale of um you know the, where there's a huge 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 re- health risk and stuff like that this is it's an interesting debate because there is another side to it now while i while i side on the while I side with staying home and keeping, you know, the economy closed, a lot of people are going to like, that's a different type of hurt.
1: Yeah. Back, back to the movie side, just real quick. Also nobody's releasing new movies, right? If only the South opens and China's closed and the rest of the world is closed, studios aren't going to release movies. And what everybody is kind of watching is Warner brothers seems to be the one that's kind of holding on to the, what is it, Mike, the July 21st slot for Tenant?
3: For Tenant, yeah, and uh, Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah, so that seems to be, you know, they're kind of holding on to if there's a big return, they want to put up like some big, huge tent poles, Um, but they're not going to do that if they don't have the screens
3: either, so... Don't, but, John, at the same time, they might not have to. There was obviously a uh, benefit to, I forget exactly what, it was Blumhouse, uh, but I forget who they did it under the uh, banner of, but with The Invisible Woman, some of, the, some of these films that have gone straight to streaming services have done considerable business. Well, for sure, but
1: they're not going to do that for Tenant that was made for 200 and some million dollars and Wonder Woman that was made for 200 and some million dollars. They're not going to drop it on BOD. I don't see that happen. I don't see Christopher Nolan allowing Warner Brothers. He'll just say release it in 2021. I mean, this is the guy who fights for film right. and you know, wants the pure
3: yeah.
1: for him it would be like probably in his mindset like the worst disaster to have one of his movies uh debut on i But he's
3: also he is a study he is a student of cinema and at the end of the day there is an escapism to, uh to films uh even you know those that we hold to a higher caliber and stuff like that that he might recognize a different need for it and stuff uh and to actually you know give people new content i agree with you and uh, granted i'd rather see it on imax uh, because that's how he films it we're just these are unconventional this is an unconventional period we are living in If I was Christopher Nolan and I was writing my own
1: ticket, I would want the story to be I'm the one who the first movie that came back in a big way back to the screen is my new movie. (laughs) But he might not be in control of that. He's making Warner Brothers a lot of money.
0: (laughs) 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 We'll
1: see. We'll see. Good, Good points all.
0: So there is a film festival coming up, right, John?
1: You mean the We Are One? global film festival yeah so um youtube just announced that they're partnering with Cannes, toronto sundance berlin tribeca venice these are some of the biggest heavy hitters uh top top tier to do an online which is interesting because we always considered online festivals in the past to be illegitimate but we're looking at may 29th through June 7th at youtube.com slash we are one. That's the word O-N-E. Um, the program will feature features, shorts, documentaries, music, comedy, and panel discussions. They haven't announced if they're going to be new or old. Um, the schedule's coming soon, but that's an interesting development.
0: Yeah. Are they showing films that have been accepted into these festivals?
1: Well, Sundance...
0: Like if if they were really happening.
1: Sundance in Berlin happened this year, um, but I don't believe any of these other ones have yet. I mean, Toronto and Venice, they're later.
0: Are there any... I wonder if there's going to be any, like, premieres like you would see at any of these big fests.
1: Again, I don't see them... I just don't see anybody doing that yet. But even a Greatest Hits or... You know, there's so many. As you guys know, there's so many films that you miss that make these festivals Mm -hmm. that you never even hear of. I mean, it's
3: it is
1: exciting.
3: What you might end up getting, and John, you Jesse, please correct me if I'm wrong here, but like you know, the festivals have become so political nowadays. From like everything you read with Sundance, TIFF, and uh, Telluride, and stuff like that, where it's just like they're forcing these major directors, major studios to be having like a premiere at their festival. You might get sort of that second tier of directors who are knocking on this you know the door of greater success who opt to try to play ball with the festivals because this is business this is it like you know yes there it's the art and it's great for the you know the spirit of the community and stuff like that but it's a business now sure And i don't think it i don't think it often like we often get into it as much as that then you might get directors who sat like in a sort of a savvy mood it's like hey I'll premiere my film, which would and they would have never gotten sort of the big uh, rollout and the big release and the big reception before. There is in anything, not to sound like an opportunist, but there is opportunity. Yeah, for sure. We'll
1: we'll see. I'm really curious. I mean, I, I think we commented on one of these episodes before, remind me guys if we did or didn't, but South by Southwest, which was canceled. Um, they worked out a deal with Amazon Prime. And they asked all of the filmmakers, because South by wasn't able to happen this year, they had asked all of the selected filmmakers if they would be interested in doing a program on Amazon Prime, which actually, I think, comes out this week, might even be out today. And most of the feature filmmakers said no, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. So it's a lot of shorts um, and experimental content, but there was... A very few, like I think you could count them on maybe one hand, feature filmmakers who said, "Yeah, put my new film on Amazon Prime.
2: Well, I think the longer this goes on, the more filmmakers might be willing to give it a shot how How yeah. else will they get exposed? Yeah it I is agree.
1: yeah, I mean, and here's the other thing too, right? Like the longer you wait for these opportunities, like when they were first offered that, you know, it was maybe a month ago. But now, as Erica, you commented last week, HBO and all of these other um, networks and streamers, they're offering all of their content or select of their content for free. So at first, if you jumped on it really quick, you had an opportunity to be, you know, kind of have that buzz and have a lot of eyeballs. But man, that shit just dries up so fast. And now all of a sudden you're swamped again with tons of free content from every
0: direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah
2: some kind of combination between foresight and risk-taking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is
1: d- difficult as hell for us, too, because, you know, we have something that's done, and it's like, how long do we wait on festivals to keep getting pushed back? And
0: John, when you say us, who are you referring to?
1: So I mean, like, Jeroda and I, and Unearth, you know, we've, we've submitted to... A number of film festivals and they've all been pushed back either they don't even have a definite date yet for this year or they've pushed to like you know November or December but you just don't know yeah, and think, there's an investment think... with submitting to festivals so it's like can't really just call it a loss necessarily and just move on it's like what are you saying Jesse? Oh
2: I just think unearthed needs to be unearthed. <laughs> 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 we're all we're
3: all Leave waiting to so jesse
0: patiently. I know. jesse's got the one-liners today
3: again not to be the contrarian here and stuff like that john do you start playing this a game of equation where it's just like well if we were you know you're, you're at the tail end and you've, you've gone through the post-production knowing that there's going to be a um a period where content isn't getting shot and produced at the same time it might give you a greater chance at some of the bigger festivals and everything like that. It's a really difficult juggling act that everybody is now playing.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. At some some point, even though Netflix and a couple of the other streamers have still some backlogged content, they're gonna run out. Although I did just read today a Mickey Rourke feature the world just war II. <laughs> yeah just finished production somehow somewhere mickey I guess, rourke i guess if you have mickey rourke in your movie
3: you're kind of crazy anyways so.
0: <laughs> yeah. you know
3: what if anybody was immune to coronavirus it's probably mickey rourke just call it a
0: <laughs> we've been doing our best you know in thinking about how to keep going during this time period because i as i said you know film grain is is not happening and if you knew this you know film grain is is our source of revenue as a nonprofit and we're pretty proud of that that we can make money you know and that's how we we pay to grow and pay for all of our our things you know we're all still vol- management service volunteers here the point i'm making is even though film grain is not happening we still need Support. And so if you are feeling generous, please consider donating to us. Um, you can go to filmsocietynwpa.org, find the donate button near the bottom of the page. It really, really makes a difference. We've already had a few unsolicited donations recently, and that yeah, is so generous. You. And we really appreciate that. So if you listen and you like us, um, please consider a donation. We would really love it. So we are. Still trying to make some money doing our screenings. Um, you know, as we were you know we talk about it every week, you know, how are film distributors uh, getting movies out there when you can't go to a theater? and there's a lot of virtual theater programs going on. So we started our own called Film Under Quarantine., uh, it is our new virtual theater series for our new reality that we're all living in. and we are working with those art house distributors to create a good lineup. And I think we've done a great job of this, documentary, international, independent films. And then we'd like to do panel discussions with each one. So the way that we've set this up, tickets for film under quarantine are available at our website and our Facebook page. And they're $12 per household. So don't invite your friends over, but get every, get the family around the TV for $12. You know, you can watch, watch the film. And once you've purchased your ticket, you know, you have 72 hours to watch the film from the comfort of your home. Um, And 50% of your um, ticket price comes to us. So we get $6 a ticket and that really helps. So please check out Film Under Quarantine um, on when, and then after you watch the film, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. live on Facebook, we're doing our um, panel discussions about the film and it's a great opportunity to support us. So please consider it. You can find um, more information on our website and on our Facebook page. We've got a really cool movie coming up on the 6th. Yeah,
1: so our movie this week is a new documentary called Slay the Dragon. It won the Audience Award at the Traverse City Film Festival, which is Michael Moore's film festival. Um, And this documentary is all about gerrymandering or as I learned it's pronounced Actually, gerrymandering. Um,
0: I don't like that.
1: <laughs> it's named. I don't after, like it. It's named after a politician, and that was his name. So,
2: it's like GIF and JIF.
1: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's about um, the grassroots organizations and groups of concerned citizens who are fighting this terrible system, which uh, is basically a symbol for everything broken about the American electoral process. Uh, If you guys have seen um, on either the news or any of the um, talk shows, those really funny shaped um, electoral voter district maps, um, that is gerrymandering, gerrymandering at its finest. Um, This year ends in a zero, and every time you have a year that ends in a zero, people in power at that time draw these maps. So this year is a very important time because as you will find out in this documentary this system has been taken advantage of so much so that basically the politicians are choosing their voters and not the other way around. It's terrible. Check it out. It really moved me and pissed me off and I'm sure it will you as well and you'll appreciate these people that are trying Um, to normalize the system. Some of them are going to be on our panel for the panel discussion, which is really exciting. Um, Our panelists include Lorraine Moore-Stolen of the League of Women Voters in in Erie County, Dawn Goldstein and Luann Salaga of Fair Districts PA. Join us this Wednesday night, 8 p.m. And then looking ahead, May 13th will be Once We're Brothers Robbie Robertson and the Band, the new documentary about the band, The Band. Go to Not our Facebook band. page.
0: Not a real Go to our we're Facebook brothers.
1: page and official website, Film Society, for more information.
0: I think we're gonna have a great, great turnout for this one. I think our panel is gonna be full of a lot of super fans. Um, music historians, people who are going to be really fun to listen to. So I'm really looking forward to that one. All right, this week, one film, one series.
1: Why don't we do the series first?
2: We'll do the series. So I recommended What We Do in the Shadows, which is available on Hulu. If you remember, there was a film, What We Do in the Shadows, that came out in 2014. It's created by Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi. It's hilarious. It's all about vampires and werewolves. They are in the style of like 70s, 80s monster movies, but also some like Dracula 30s style. And it's like a mashup with The Office because a camera crew is following them around and uh, recording all the antics they get involved into. And it was successful, so they made a show. It's available on Hulu, 30-minute episodes. What did you guys all think of it?
0: Incredible! (laughs) Incredible! I—it's hilarious. The cast is incredible. I love all of the characters. I love Nadia. I love Laszlo. Is it Nando? Is Nando the one?
3: The the the
0: relentless. Nando, the relentless, relentless, who's really just like a teddy bear. Um, I love that they hiss. Because yes. I find that this is something that I'm prone to do, but that's how I talk to my cats when I don't like what they're doing. Oh, We all have our cats close at hand during this <laughs> podcast recording. You can't see them, but they are here. It's just, I just love the, the style. And you said it's like The Office. It's really true. You even get like the, the side looks at the camera and all of it. It's just, it is like vampire vampires at The Office. Because they're doing their jobs, you know. Yeah, they're... and I,
2: I love how they're never they can never go into any building. They have to be invited, and that gets them into trouble so often. <laughs> and uh, I was also reading that they they really strive to do as much of their effects in camera rather than in post. Uh, simple things like uh, the vampire appearing behind someone, like the actor would actually like hide off screen wait till the other actor blocks it and then they run into the shot. Like I love it.
1: The effects are good, yeah, for sure. I think you're forgetting two vampires that I thought were hilarious and had me laughing every time. Colin, the energy vampire. (laughs) Energy (laughs)
0: vampire the most
1: common kind of vampire. And then later the emotional
0: vampire. I
1: I love like their battle and their team up. (laughs) I don't, I don't
3: know <laughs> that got me yeah. really, really good. I think there's uh, there's it's uh, continuing with a long, like what's become a very strong uh, comedy school that's been coming out of New Zealand actually. And I know that this is, they're piggybacking off the movie and stuff like that. But obviously if you aren't aware of it, like there's right now really rich uh, tradition bro- uh, broiling from New Zealand from like, uh, what is it? Eagle versus shark. Um, uh obviously the the famous one on hbo uh flight of the concords oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. and uh but, and obviously and now you know what we do in the shadows and like just what they've got coming
0: out of new zealand right now is
3: pretty uh, awesome
0: taika jojo
3: taika. Jojo, yep. jojo rabbit yeah oh jojo Ra- yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely guardians of the galaxy i am curious john did you catch i how many episodes have you watched? have you watched three yeah yeah i watched the first three I otherwise you were going to hint at something to come well there's a great uh there's a great uh movie reference that happens throughout the series but i don't think that they've hit on uh okay. yeah and jesse you might be aware of this you've watched the whole season series yeah. right um, okay.
2: Yeah.
3: so do you have you caught that as the series go along spoiler alert, but not that big one, that they keep on killing audio um, mixers in the series.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what movie that's hinting at. That's that. a
3: reference to a movie called Man Bites Dog. It was this, <laughs> it's a true, like, indie Australian uh, comedy from back in the day, and it was uh, sort of like a Christopher Guest where, type of movie where the film crew's following this one guy who's just, like, mentally unstable, to say the very least, and uh, the audio mixer in the movie keeps on getting killed and it's nice right that. <laughs> i love that I beanies
0: guillermo.
3: oh yeah guillermo yeah, yeah the um what do
1: they call the, the familiar the familiar yeah i love the beanies in it and i love the art the larping
0: stuff
3: you have to keep on watching because there's an episode uh further into the season that has a reference to a lot of uh historically or film famous vampires. Oh yeah, okay. Really good. It's a really good episode with a ton of cameos. Cool.
1: Yeah, uh there's I'm just remembering now like Nadia thinks that this one human is somebody else. Uh Jeff. Oh, it's, 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 her, 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 it's lost her lover. lover. Yeah. Her
0: lover, yeah. her lover, Gregor.
1: And i love that the guy is like so desperate like he's just sitting at home in his apartment just masturbating or whatever she's watching him in the window but she like tells him about the story of her lover when she like cut off his head or whatever and the dude's like so just a typical desperate guy he's like oh yeah call call me sometime and tell
3: me more about it stories come back it's like yeah there are like they don't leave uh they don't leave it uh just open well, I think
1: this one's a a winner. I, I would winner. say three episodes in, I'm I'm gonna stick with it. Obviously, Features. you guys have all seen it. Somehow, it gets funnier.
0: Yeah, I went beyond the three. I kept going.
1: Nice, that's mm-hmm. a good sign. Well, cool. The so weather was
0: crappy, so I you know laid on the couch and watched.
1: So that's what we do in the shadows, which is on Hulu. So our feature is a ghost story. Um, It is available on Netflix. It's about a young couple who move into a house and uh, something happens tragically. We can probably say what happens, right?
0: Yeah, it happens at the beginning of the movie.
1: Yeah, so um, the husband is killed and the wife is in the house alone and he comes back as a ghost in a big white sheet holes <laughs> okay. cut
0: out for the eyes <laughs> okay that is the creepiest thing about this whole movie he's literally a white sheet ghost with black eyes you never see Casey Affleck again you see a drape and he just stands there silently and walks around and Observes. maybe pops up in the background of somebody's business oh my god i'll tell you the the, the scene that scared me the most because it's not really a scary movie yeah the scene that's scary yeah this the scene that scares me is he's standing in this house and a bulldozer comes charging through the door of the window that's the scariest thing just it makes you you're not expecting it yeah i yeah yeah. Well, that's
1: the setup. So, what do you what do you guys think? I'm curious what you think of the movie.
0: Well, I loved it. I I was as I was watching it, I was saying to Mike, this is definitely a John Lyons movie. <laughs> I feel like that happens when we watch your picks, it's like, "Oh yeah, this is definitely a John movie." Um, in the best way possible because it does have a great payoff. The the movie has a great payoff. Um, and I I really love the the supernatural aspect of it that doesn't feel like a horror movie, but it has the vo- the supernatural vibe that you feel very comfortable with. Once you get past that, it's a white sheet standing everywhere with these big black eyes that you see in your nightmares. Um, at least the kids in the the kids in the movie see <laughs> the the kids see the ghost. I thought that the telepathic communication between him and his neighbor. At first, I was like, what's going on there? And then I realized, because the he dies in a car accident, and the car accident is right in front of his house, that he and his neighbor died at the same time in a car accident. That, that's what I thought. I think that the neighbor, be, yeah. I think that the neighbor is haunting their house. You know, I don't know. I just, I don't want to go too much into it because I don't, I don't want to like give any spoilers away, but um, you know john you said before that the movie is about you know memory and i think it's very simple i think that he is on a quest i think that this ghost has a singular mission and he takes his opportunity to to try to to reach his goal when he can
1: he makes a choice right because he was supposed to walk through a door and be done but he sticks around
3: for some reason well let okay. me ask a question what do you guys think not just memory but like what do you think larry the directors what do you think he's trying to say oh boy <clears throat> well when i watched it it immediately made me
2: think of movies i watched growing up like ghost beetlejuice casper where there were these characters that had unfinished business and they stay but those movies all kind of made light of it for their plots or feel like he was trying to give some weight to the idea and the the idea that you have these human connections when you're here and if those linger after you go and and how does that all shake out I mean for Mike I,
1: yeah I totally get that for me Mike it kind of gave me the hope um like when you feel it gave me the hope that like if you ever feel like a weight in the room, this is kind of like a romanticized version of like death and memory and stuff like that. But, you know, when we're alone, like the, the presence of those that we've lost, may love been lost, may still be with us. I thought it kind of gave that like a literal, um, I don't know, cause some, not to be hokey, but sometimes I've kind of felt like, felt like that. Like when I go home, like maybe I, hear my dad's voice or hear him walking or hear or see somebody that or not see somebody but hear like a voice that reminds me of my father or my grandfather or something like that. So it kind of to me was um, part of it. I mean, we can get into this more, but it was kind of like a literal representation of, um, you know, those you've lost still being present in your life and that we're not alone, maybe.
0: That kind What's of interesting is, you know, he he's married. He clearly he clearly loves his wife, and she loves him. But just like any marriage, you can tell they're you know they're working through marriage stuff. Um, and he doesn't necessarily he doesn't he stays in the house. It's not like he follows her. He's not he's not necessarily attached to her. He's like stuck. I don't know if he's stuck in the house, like he can't leave, but, um, he's waiting there for the right time, you know, even though she's gone, he's watching a century go by. And that really got me, it took me a while to figure it out that he was waiting for the moment to come around again
1: I don't um, know if he knew I don't know if he knew that was going to happen <laughs> Okay
0: you,
1: I mean yeah. yeah please jump in are you going to jump into the the um I'm going to jump in
3: prognosticator it. at the dinner table party you got it oh that, my God. Was my, okay. awesome. just, that was my favorite scene my
0: least favorite scene
3: Oh, well, here's the thing. This is the second time. I still don't love the movie, but I do have like a real fine appreciation for it. And I think that I think that Larry, I think he's a really smart director, and I think he's doing things intentionally. And um, he's he's pulling a little bit of he's pulling a little bit of the Shakespeare card on some level, where it's just like he's pulling like there's only one monologue in the entire film, and he's laying it all out for you. And what he's sort of laying out is the fact that we're temporary this is a transient life uh, and shit isn't going to last no matter how hard you try to pass on that legacy. And I think that there's the, the message being put there. It's like, then you better, then you better appreciate it, what your life is in the present. And uh, I think that there's a moment there and it's, I think it's why it's so important for the circle back because at that point, he then can look back at all the, you know, whether it's, you know, the love and the fights and the good and the bad and, you know, the awkwardness and stuff like that. And he can have an appreciation for it at that point. And there's a, and there's, a, it's a reason that he all of a sudden finds his closure in that not necessarily, it's not necessarily about the house, but it's about the space. It, I mean, it's very Ingmar Bergman in some yeah. level
0: on that. And I um, wanted to see what she wrote. That's it. I, Jesse, I I'm curious about your thoughts on the monologue because you said it's your favorite part.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Mike that that was the director's way of summing up the film in a scene of the film, which I just think is a, a cool technique to do. Yeah. But I'm curious why you didn't like it. Why I think don't it I went like it? on
3: too long. Because it's why don't I like it? I appreciate. It's hard. <laughs> why because don't met I him. like he met it? Eric, Hello. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. You're right. <laughs> I said I didn't like it. I appreciate it. I don't necessarily. It is a slow, methodical, very deliberate, very smart. We're still
0: talking about the monologue, Michael.
3: <laughs> oh, and monologue. I'm talking about
0: why I dislike it.
3: Oh, oh! I thought you meant why I dislike the movie. Why did you dislike the monologue, Erica?
0: Because he went on too long. He did not need to say everything he said. He gave lots of examples. He could have cut a few out.
1: I'm gonna throw another wrench into the works and I'm gonna say this is just another person's opinion of that's not necessarily correct or necessarily what the director feels. I, I didn't take it as the director's gonna spell it all out for us through this character. I took it as here's another person that thinks that they know what's going on in our life, in our existence, and maybe has no fucking clue. And he's like that guy at the party it goes on too long, Erica. I think it was done on on purpose. I've known like a lot a know of people
2: it, like that. Know it all guy
1: at the party <laughs> that's just spouting off his drunk ramblings, which we all
3: do. But I think that's America. I think he's doing that's what I meant by the Shakespeare. I think he's doing the um the King Lear where the fool knows like knows more than like look okay, at know. everybody at the party at that point. There's these in the scene the energy turns against him. And I think he's just using him as a, you know, as a literal device at that point. It's one scene, but it is a pivotal scene. And I yeah. think, you know, and and there's almost to make him a drunken buffoon at a party. There's almost an acknowledgement by Larry to sort of be like, yes, I recognize that my opinion of the world and our existence might be one that is uh, pretentious and foolish and totally misguided. But this is what I believe.
1: Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page. I mean, I I'm also curious to hear what, and I hope Eric is coming back. Like I thought, it had an interesting. After watching all of devs, I thought that this film had an interesting commentary on time as well. You know, (laughs) relative. It's it's all relative. All relative. (laughs) What about the pie eating scene? What do you guys think about the pie eating scene? Again, I don't
3: love this movie. I, I
1: love,
3: really, I love the, it. <laughs> I, do, I do appreciate the movie, there, and I think what I appreciate about it, sometimes it's like it gets, there's a lot to interpret, interpret, and there's a lot to talk about. And uh, but it's just like it's a little, particularly the beginning of it, it's a little bit more deliberate of pace, and uh, then I tend to like or I tend to enjoy. And uh, that pie eating scene is, and I understand what he's doing, but it is uncomfortable.
1: There's definitely like a coldness to um, how he portrays like the industrial world and like big cities. Yeah, that uh, was interesting. Like the tone instantly changed. Um, you know, once he's in skyscraper land and going through the offices and the color and the light and everything, um, and
3: geometric, you lose yeah. the organic feel from a set from a set design. I mean, he,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, okay, does anybody else wanna add anything else? I will say if you guys didn't watch through the end credits, you also hear you hear the wind blow and children's voices in the distance through the whole end credits.
3: I will say shout out to uh Daniel Hart, who's scored a couple of films and I uh, again, being the second time, but it really did jump out at me, his uh orchestration. Uh, music in the film is really haunting no pun intended and beautiful
1: And that dark rooms song uh i i bought some dark rooms albums after this movie and i gotta give a shout out to dark rooms the one song that's supposed to be like casey affleck singing
3: was, the, uh, uh, overwhelmed i believe yeah overwhelmed by dark rooms Yeah. That's one of those ones. It's like, how did that not get nominated? But
1: um, so, Mike, you're on the fence,
3: or, or are you a, a I, watch? Or are you I, a skip? If, if you're a lover of film, then watch it. It's worth it. If you're uh, if you're a hobbyist, or if you're a sort of a, a fly by night, and uh, you know you like your movies with a, a big bucket of buttered popcorn, this might not be for you.
2: I mean, this genre is right up my alley. It's supernatural and drama, and it comments on existence. So I'm going to support it all the way. Erica?
0: I love it. I give it two thumbs up. If you ever wanted to feel a sense of solidarity, if you've eaten an entire pie, then this movie is for you. Truly, at first I was getting used to the pace, um, but once I did... I really appreciated the stillness and the observation because you kind of become him, you become this ghost, you're watching the world. I liked that very much. So I would highly recommend it. Once you get past the imagery of a ghost in a white sheet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, um, obviously I love it and if, um you know this is the only chance i really get to kind of outside of the film series to force feed you guys movies that you know you you're forced to watch cuz they're slower so you know this and portrait of a of a lady on fire um, they're slower slower paced but if you've ever been by yourself with your earbuds in listening to a very meaningful song and felt that that other person was in the room with you
3: this might be one last question for all of you guys. If you were to do a pie in one sitting, what would be your uh, your flavor in the middle?
2: Peanut butter.
3: Dude, you could not eat a whole peanut butter pie. Oh, that would too kill you. Too
2: rich. Challenge accepted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we talked please, about this.
1: Please videotape this. Let's do the, a ghost story challenge. and right. Jesse okay. needs to sit and eat a pie. All right, Erica, sorry.
0: I said raspberry. I, I feel like I could do raspberry. Not the entire thing.
1: It's the entire thing. You're going to have so many seeds. Your
3: teeth are going to be just packed with seeds.
0: Oh, you're right.
3: I might go. Right. Uh, I, could, I could possibly do rhubarb. It was made good. by a key lime pie. Oh,
0: yeah. I like I a banana a, cream.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: I can do an apple.
1: I could probably eat like a whole plain cheesecake.
3: Ooh. Talk about too rich. Okay, Guys. I was
0: gonna say if the peanut <laughs> butter is too rich, a plain oh, cheesecake. I love
3: the cheesecake, but no way,
0: John. Oh, no. yeah, one's I'm enough. <laughs> I'm
2: getting hungry.
0: I know, me too. And we're not eating. We're not eating sugar this week, so it's really the wrong conversation to be having.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, so man, what are we doing next week?
0: Well, I would like to instead of a series, um, I would like to make a pitch for our daily state and local COVID-19 briefings. I think there's a lot of information out there, depending on where you get your news, if you get a you know, if you get something on the, the local news in the evening um, or even the national news. Fine, but if you watch the state of Pennsylvania's briefing by Dr. Rachel Levine, I think you get a lot of information about our state and what's going on and where the decisions are coming from that are being made. And then, and that's at two o'clock every day. And then at 3 p.m. every day, Kathy Dahlkemper does an Erie County briefing and it's always very informative. The press asks questions live. She clarifies a lot of information. She doesn't have all of the information out there. So it's not gonna answer every question and she's not a doctor. So she can't answer doc, you know, those kinds of questions. Kathy is a supporter of film. She's really really doing the absolute best that she can. And I think she's doing a great job. So I highly recommend, yes, I highly recommend our daily briefings to stay informed about what's going on in Pennsylvania and in Erie County. Okay. You can see them on Facebook. The news stations carry them live. WQLN carries them live. Uh, the State Department of Health carries them live. So there's no excuse. And I think that they're on actual television channels too.
1: So that's in lieu of a series, but I still think either Jesse or Erica needs to recommend a film.
0: So. Our friends on Facebook tell us what they watch. And this week we're going to take a look and we're going to pick our next film from their suggestions. Um, Yeah, Corey watched Clue this weekend, which I can't blame. I recently, classic. I recently watched that. It's on Amazon Prime. Clue. He also watched Misery. Okay. Mystery Mansion from 1983. That's what Marlena watched. Heather Steinbrink watched Troop Zero and Prime on Prime and Zombieland. Okay, Troop Zero Dream. is
1: actually I saved it in my queue. It was recommended to me by a friend. I have not seen it.
0: Okay, maybe Troop Zero is a heard it,
1: heard it was good.
0: An option. Okay. okay. Um, Philip watched There Will Be Blood. Really good. Haven't Stella watched it took- this year. <laughs> Stella took our recommendation and watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Thank you, Thank you Stella. Stella. Daria watched Shaun of the Dead. Nice. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: And Unorthodox on Netflix, which I'm not sure if that's a series. I think that's any. a series. Jake watched a lot of people are watching Waco as a series. So that that's kind of turned some people on. Chris Drexel is still watching The Walking Dead. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> um this past weekend, Mike and I watched Bad Education, that movie. That's on that HBO. Was, it's on HBO, so it's not as accessible. Um, but it could be a free movie. It could be, since HBO is offering up a lot of it's really good. He's he's incredible. I'm a I'm a huge jackman fan oh Stu nash watched the whistlers you know Sweet. where you can watch the whistlers we will you have to be. pay but we are going to be showing it this week
1: <laughs> after this um, podcast
0: after this podcast yeah so i don't know was anybody interested in troop zero i feel like troop zero is one we haven't seen but I, mean, I was
1: planning to watch it already erica i would think you would like troop zero why don't you look it up real quick
0: All right, let's take a look. Let's take a look at Troop Zero. Troop.
1: Misfit Girls, 1977, the year I was born.
0: Well, there you go. I'll take it. I'll watch this. All right, this is, oh my gosh, this is it. I'll give it a go. Let's do it. Okay. Troop Zero. So, who recommended Troop Zero? Troop Zero was Heather Steinbrink.
1: Thank you, Heather.
0: Thank you, Heather. It's on Amazon Prime. Troop Zero, Amazon Prime for next week. Your assignment is to stay on top of our local COVID-19 information. That's easy. You can stream it on Facebook every day at three and see Kathy and then Troop Zero on Amazon Prime.
1: I think we should see if Heather wants to join us for the portion to talk about Troop Zero.
0: Yes, love it. Cool. Heather, if you're listening, we're coming for you.
2: That's been our episode. Purchase your virtual ticket for Slay the Dragon through our website and Facebook page and join us this Wednesday night at 8 p.m. for a panel discussion on the film. And check out Troop Zero on Amazon Prime and stay on top of local COVID-19 news from Dr. Rachel Levine at the PA Department of Health and our county executive, Kathy Kemper. And let us know what you think in the comments section on Facebook. Make sure you follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain.